Preface Quote, Preface An introduction written by the main author to provide the story behind how they conceived and wrote the book. Unquote. Getproofed.com I don't have to write this book. You don't have to read this book. There's not too much that has to in our world. On that note, let's get rid of what we have to do, at least according to the most cliché of phrases. Quote, Our new constitution is now established. Everything seems to promise it will be durable. But in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. Unquote. Benjamin Franklin According to Mr. Franklin, it's only death and taxes. I'm going to go with that. Everything else? It's your choice. Okay, okay, fine. I hear you. I have to eat. I have to pay the rent. I have to go to school. My 17-year-old says that last one on a regular basis. Yep, he has to go to school, according to the law. Of course... If he chooses to break the law, ditch class, get in trouble, get expelled, etc., that's his choice. You get the idea. Maybe I should add here a bit about my intended audience. You usually have a choice. I wrote a book called Decide. There's usually a choice. It's usually yours. It's one of my favorite subtitles. I almost called that book Choose, but that verb is maybe a bit too easy, almost fun-loving, and maybe some would see it as a luxury. Decide is a little tougher, more serious, more consequences. It's telling that Decide is one of my favorite books, but not necessarily one of my most popular. Why? Because it's not easy. I have other books like Play and Pass the Sour Cream. I even have Secret Bus to Paradise. But Decide? That sounds difficult. That's because... It is. Would you like the chocolate or vanilla gelato? That's a luxury. That's a choice. However, the choice of ice cream doesn't keep you up at night. Or at least I hope it doesn't. But there's that nasty one that I know, for a fact, from experience, both mine and many others, does keep people up at night. Should I write a book? The book you have in your hands, or maybe in your ears, is my 32nd book. If I had a nickel for every person who came up to me and said some variation of, I have a book idea, I could support my son's shoe addiction. Okay, also a choice. I actually don't mind those people who come up to me and say they have a book idea. I believe we all have a book idea. 
I also believe we all have a book in us. And here we go. I'm going to say it right here. Yep. In this book called You Don't Have To, I do honestly believe that everyone should write a book. They also could write a book in that they are capable of writing one. But my follow-up is that you don't have to. See the difference? Should, could, have to. We haven't yet touched on what this book is really about. Because, of course, it's not really about what you don't have to do. That would be a really short book. See note above about death and taxes. It's about what you want to do. And not just want to, but really, really, really want to do. Back to the people who tell me they have a book idea. That's great, I usually say, and leave it at that. This bland retort gets me one of three responses. One, nothing. We move on to the next topic, often about the spinach dip. Two, surprise. They were expecting more from me, Mr. Author of a Zillion Books, so they could continue to tell me about their book idea. But I don't continue, neither do they, and I leave it at that. Unless, number three, three, opening. They sense that I just opened a door, and they burst through and we talk books, ideas, tactics, strategies, and best of all, passion, perseverance, and patience. Number one is over within seconds. Number two might hang around a minute or two. But number three, this is their opening to the portal to the universe of their future self. I'm sure I'll talk more about basketball and math and travel, some of my favorite topics, in this book, but I want to tell a quick story about my basketball team to hammer home this point. Here in the Netherlands, I'm the coach of the U16, under 16-year-old, basketball team. In this country, sports aren't really big in schools, but rather through organizations that are privately run. In other words, it's not like you have to join a team. Sure, at school they have gym class, which they have to do, but they don't have to join a sports team. Pro tip. I think sports teams are some of the best education we can get into our kids because they learn about teamwork, winning and losing with pride, and it gets them off the couch. We had a kid on the team last year who clearly didn't want to be there. But he had to, according to his mom. In other words, he wasn't there by choice. He hobbled through practice. He joked with players to the point where even they were annoyed that he was infringing on their own progress. And although he was usually upbeat, he counted the minutes until practice was over. In the beginning, I did my best to motivate and inspire him. I involved him as much as I could. I got the team to support and encourage him. And for a while there, he seemed to like it and was getting better. But still, it was clear he had to be there. 
and didn't want to be there. Another boy stayed after practice and asked me where he should aim his elbow when shooting a jump shot. For a teacher or a coach, when the student asks questions, especially relevant ones, it's the dream come true. It's really all we hope for as teachers, that students want to learn, to improve, to be there. I stayed after practice, and we worked on his shot. He thanked me endlessly and practiced every chance he got. He got better. He couldn't wait for the games, but even enjoyed practice. I'm sure you can feel where I'm going here. Boy number one has to be there. Boy number two wants to be there. Guess which one, one, will improve, two, enjoys practice and the games, three, is inspiring to his teammates, four, becomes a team player, five, gets even better because of number two, enjoyment. With my basketball example, It's so easy to see, isn't it? Yet let's get back to writing a book, or meditating, or intermittent fasting. It's the same thing. If you want the thing, if your passion for the thing is greater than your dislike, or annoyance, or boredom, or whatever is for the thing, you can succeed. Let's do a simple math equation. Want the thing is greater than don't want the other thing. That symbol there is for greater than. So it reads, wanting the thing has to be greater than not wanting the other thing. Wanting to write a book is a greater force of energy or passion than not having written a book. Wanting to meditate is greater than not wanting to do it. Wanting to intermittent fast is greater than not wanting to do it. Remember when I said above, I don't have to write this book? Part of me thinks this book is so simple and so basic that I don't have to write it because everyone knows this. Yeah, except, uh, right, sure, that would be, um, me. Do you know how many years I spent not doing the thing? Because that energy was greater than doing the thing. Because of fear, or expectations, or pressure, or take your pick of reasons. My fear for even starting the thing was greater than any whiff of ever possibly finishing, or dare I even dream of succeeding with the thing. During all those years, I had one thought in my head. I have to write a book. Sure, I wanted to write a book, but it was more the feeling that I had to write the book that was holding me back. Can you feel the difference? That difference could have saved me nine years of my life when I was hemming and hawing back and forth, whining and moaning, and just not doing. Can you feel the difference when we feel we have to do a thing as compared to 
when that pressure is lifted, and not only do we want to do the thing, but it's more of an invitation, a gift, and we're allowed to do the thing. That difference is what this book is about and why I'm writing it. Repossible. While we're here, I'll just explain one more thing that's coming up. At the end of each chapter, I'll have these three bullet points. I'll put an explanation here and an example. I use them to summarize the core of the message in the chapter. It's also the name of my business, my brand, and the greater repossible movement I founded and I'm a card-carrying member of. Possible, the easy way. Impossible, the hard way. Repossible, the way. Here's one of my favorite examples. Possible, tomorrow. Impossible, yesterday. Repossible, today. <laughs>